Welcome everyone to the Random Anx Podcast. My name is Justin, and as always, I have my co-host with me, Mark. Hey guys, glad to be here with you. And today is October 10th, 2017, and this is episode 9. Uh, today we're going to be talking about um, Salt Lake Comic Con and our experiences there. We spent the weekend there uh, recording video and just taking in the sights, so we're going to talk a little bit about that as well as review a movie we both saw at home, King Arthur, The Legend of the Sword. And we'll also be talking about the Last Jedi trailer that just dropped yesterday and our initial reactions and what we're looking forward to based on what we saw from the trailer. Also, the latest Jim Butcher book, The Aeronauts Windless, came out uh, probably about a year ago now, but we're going to review that and talk a little bit more about that. We want to give a, a thank you to our sponsor, audible.com. They are the go-to source for any audiobook that you are interested in listening to. Uh, and you can get a free book on us. If you go to audibletrial.com slash randomangst, you can get a free audiobook that's yours to keep whether you stay signed on with Audible or not. If you sign up for a 30-day trial period, you'll be able to get the free audiobook. And then at that point, it's up to you if you want to Stay on and get more audiobooks, which I would recommend. I've been a member of audible.com for probably a year and a half now and I've started to build up my library. It's a pretty inexpensive way to get books and to listen to them. As I drive to work, I listen to the book that, you know, is the most recent Brandon Sanderson book or even uh, a Jim Butcher book that's, that I'm wanting to revisit but don't have a lot of time to read, I can just uh, turn on the app from my iPhone and, and start listening as I drive back and forth to work. So for me, it's been a good uh, experience to be able to catch up on books or read books that I want to read but just don't have time to. So I would recommend going there and checking them out. That's audibletrial.com slash randomangst. So, all right. So like I said, we are going to be talking about uh, the latest Salt Lake Comic Con 2017 that was held September 23rd that weekend and both Mark and I went and just kind of want to talk about that. We have, we did address it a little bit in our previous podcast, but um, since it's all done, we've had time to think about the panels that we went to, the, the booths that we visited, and just kind of the general atmosphere, we wanted to give a, some of our final thoughts on that. So for me, uh, I went all three days. I was able to go all three days and get off work. Um, normally I get off work probably midday and head over there, but this year was a little rough with work. I had to stay on till pretty much you know end of day and then went over there for just a couple hours on Thursday and Friday and then spent most of Saturday there. But um, the vibe that I was getting from Salt Lake Comic Con was a little different this year. Um, there were some good guests there. We've addressed that in the past on this podcast. But as mentioned before, there were there weren't a lot of guests that I was you know I had to see them. I had to go to their panel. I had to get their autograph. So. It was a little different feel for me this time. I spent a lot of time going to the panels and uh, sitting in and listening to the actors talk or the the writers or the authors talk. 
about their experiences and it was a so it was a different experience for me i didn't spend a lot of time waiting in line like i have in the past uh, i just sat and listened to the different panels and it was definitely a different experience and one that i enjoyed it was just a different type of experience and for you mark i don't know what were your uh what was your experience on the the day that you ended up going uh so i went on saturday um unfortunately i wasn't able to get away the other two days just family and life you know but uh i was able to go and you know there were some good things there were some bad things just like justin said there's there wasn't any real celebrity that just got me excited there was you know no big big one that i enjoyed but uh you know there were some good celebrities there um, went to a couple good panels. I like that. Uh, one thing I really, really liked is that they opened up uh, the event center to use the, you know, to utilize the entire event center before they've already, you know, kind of blocked it off and haven't used all of it. And that really brought down the crowds. Like I, I kept saying to Justin, I was like, man, this doesn't seem very crowded. Are there a lot of people here? And then as I got walking around, I realized they opened it up, and so there were still those many people, and they were just dispersed over a greater area. And and I like that. That really kind of helped, you know, helped with all that congestion. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing I did miss out on this year that I was kind of bummed didn't show up was the, the Lego land that they've yeah. done. And uh, I, I enjoy seeing that a lot of times. They have the Lego guys come, and they build this crazy big Lego world, and and it's amazing. And they weren't there this year. I was, I was really bummed about that. But uh, um, you know, other than that, you know, it was just uh, it was fun to go and see the atmosphere. You know, check it out. We spent the good day, you know, good amount of time there on Saturday, and yeah. um, went to some good good things. Uh, Justin. Got a book signed there. We we talked. We saw Jim Butcher for a second. Um, didn't really talk to him or anything. Um, we, you know, I was in such a hurry. I I didn't grab um, a book that he could sign. Most of my books from him are signed. Uh, so I was hoping they'd have one of their uh, uh, his graphic novels there to buy and and get signed. But nobody had them. They were all sold out or. They didn't bring them, so unfortunately, yeah, I don't think they. I think the people that did bring them only brought like one or two copies. Yeah, so, yeah. for some some reason, it's hard to find his uh, graphic novels. Um, but I mean, you can find them, but I think it's just better to get them off his website at jimbutcher.com. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, overall, pretty good uh, for. I kind of give it a couple different grades. You know, as far as uh, organization this time, you know, helping with lines and things like that, I'm going to give him a B plus. Yeah. As far as everything else Better. goes, I think I give him a, a solid C minus. So I'll go, you know, with a C, C plus right in there overall. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the crowd control, like you said, was a lot better. I didn't feel like I was smushed, you know, and had to navigate all this, you know, group of people that were just were always in my way type thing. So that was good. Uh, they had more booths uh, that were appropriate for a comic con. Uh, I bought a couple comic books. Um, saw a bunch of, you know, autographs that they were selling. There were places for the professional cosplayers that were there. They had their own section. So it was more spread out and just more appropriate for a comic con. I'd like to see them build on it still, but yet it was a good solid uh, presentation that way. 
Um, uh, as far as Jim Butch- Butcher goes, we did see him. There was a lack of graphic novels, which, you know, it is a Comic-Con, so you think there'd be Jim Butcher comics if he's your guest. But a lot of people, I think, they don't... They kind of go with sells, off of what sells, and that's understandable. You want to you make money. And Jim Butcher's not a big name in comic books as far as, you know, compared to Marvel or DC or even Dark Horse. But um, you'd think they would stock up knowing that one of the authors of these comic books is a guest there. Mm-hmm. Well, and I expected to see his his card game there as well. Yeah. And, uh, well, he walked like by that. that booth, and there was, like, him and two people. And their booth, their, I don't even think there was a table there, was there? And they were selling no. these prints that were, like, 30 bucks for a print. And I was like, uh, that's all you got? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and they were cool because they were, you know, the maps in, in his yeah. books. And uh, like they were, they were showing the one of the Cind- the Cinder Spire series um, of a map of the uh, um, the spire, yeah. which is kind of cool because they don't have that in the book. Like you can't see that graphic in the book, uh-huh. so that was kind of neat. But the rest, I mean, it was just oh, I've seen that before, and yeah. uh, you know, one of them's from was it uh, McNally's Theory One? Oh, oh yeah, McNally. Uh, I can't remember what that series is called. The Furies? Yeah, the hmm. Furies of Calderon. Yeah, it's got like book. six books to it. It's Alera a, it's Codex. A yeah, the Alera. Codex Alera. Codex Alera. Um, <laughs> <Get there. laughs> and, and it had a map of that, which was cool, but I mean, it's an old series, right? And yeah. so for me, I was just like, yeah, you know. But um, well, why didn't they have books? Why didn't they have comic books? Why didn't they have shirts? You know, that type of thing. Yeah, you would have thought. And then even when we saw him, they were really untalkative, yeah. right? I mean, we didn't talk to him. We're like, hey, like, and here's a couple fan, you know, big fans. You're at a Comic-Con, and you had, like, two words to say to him. Yeah. And just well, like, Jim Butcher didn't even say hi, like, hey, guys. Yeah, he just looked at us. And yeah. and every time I see him, that's how he is. He's just so kind of just different or something. And then yeah. – I don't know, so I, I'm not impressed with him on a personal level, but I, I love his book, so. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I don't know what's going on with him, but. Um, so, yeah, good booths. Uh, I did get a couple books signed. I got my uh, Thrawn book signed. That's a Star Wars novel, Thrawn, Admiral Thrawn, Grand Admiral Thrawn. He's a, he's a big thing now in Star Wars Rebels, and they... When they rebooted the can the canon for Star Wars, they had to, you know, reintroduce him, write his origin story once again. And uh, Timothy Zahn, who initially created him back in the day, wrote a new novel, and that was it was just announced that uh, he's going to write a second novel that'll be coming out next year, I believe. That was announced at New York Comic Con last week. And then I got my Ahsoka book signed by the author E. K. Johnston. Uh, she was pretty cool. Uh, she recently got inducted into the 501st Legion here in Salt Lake City by the, the local garrison here. So that was a, a big deal for her, and good, glad to see that happen. She deserves it. Super nice lady, right? Yeah. I mean, I was with you when she you talked to her. Super nice lady. She was really personal. I, I, I wanted to pick up the book just because she seemed so amazing. Yeah. yeah, she's very nice, very involved with fandom. A lot of characters will dress up as Ahsoka and come talk to her, and she'll get pictures with them. She's always posting on Instagram, 
hey, I met this person, hey, I'm doing this, you know, so he's very involved in the fan community, which, you know, I think us as fans really appreciate that, because you see an author who's, you know, representing official Lucasfilm product, and she's just a fan, big a fan as, as we are, so that's always good to see. And she said, right, she said she didn't know if there'd be another book, if they wanted to do another book, but but she was open to it. She seemed yeah. like, oh, yeah, just I'm just waiting for the call now. Yeah. Yeah, no plans for a second Ahsoka novel, but she's definitely on board if it, if it happens. So that would be cool to see. I think it will happen at some point. I mean, the the first book was well-received, well so why not a second well, one? Yeah, and it has to, right? I mean, I think – I mean, that's one of the – I think most loved characters around right now in the new, you know, Star Wars fandom. And, uh, you know, everyone wants to know what happened. Is she alive? Is she dead? If she's dead, when did it happen? You know, I mean, for me anyways, that's, that's important. I'm like, man, here's this amazing character that has this huge connection with one of the largest characters in the, in the entire universe of, you know, of Star Wars and what happens to her. Yep. And so it, it, I don't know. I, I, when they answer it, you know it's going to be big news. It's going to be everywhere. Yeah. And uh, you know, if she gets killed, I'm sure there'll be, you know, Star Wars mourning for years. You know, who knows? Yeah. Well, at the last Star Wars celebration, Dave Filoni, who created the character and has been kind of the custodial creator of, of her, um, she or he wore a, a shirt that to a, a Star Wars Rebels panel. That when they talked about how this upcoming season will be the the final season, and you know all the voice actors were there, and he was you know talking about the character of Ahsoka, and he had a shirt on that said Ahsoka lives with a question mark underneath it because at the time that was you know the the finale uh, had well it actually had been a year since the Ahsoka Vader duel, but. Um, it was still a hot topic. Well, and that duel was was awesome. I've probably yeah. watched that on YouTube, YouTube like twenty times, right? Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, if you got if you haven't seen that, go to YouTube. You know, type in you know Vader Ahsoka duel, and it'll pull it up, and it, it's pretty cool. It, it's really neat. Um, kind of tugged a lot of people's heartstrings a little bit, you know, and yeah. uh, made you wonder, you know, what was going to happen, and then. It ended, right? And then it's like, what happened? Yeah. Well, what happened? You know, you can't end a book like this. And sure enough, they did. They ended this series and and uh, that's yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I think they I think they intentionally left it vague, but I don't know why they would. If she's such a popular character, unless perhaps they had another storyline or another series already mapped out for her. And they just wanted to put her on the sideline until that series is ready to be produced or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I think that's a, a good way to do that. But if they just leave it at that and they never come back to it, I think that's uh, a bad decision. Well, I think it it's just hard, right? How do we kill this popular character? How do we get rid of him? Yeah. Like, what do we do? There's no great answer, you know. That's like killing Princess Leia in the original films you know yeah. there's no way you could do that yeah. and people would go crazy so i'm sure they're just having this just problem like what do we do with this character like we made her and then we you know i think it was like 
unintended how how great that would be received. Maybe it was. Maybe the whole time they had it planned, but I don't see how they would have something like that planned. Yeah. I don't think they anticipated it would be as popular as she became. They were hoping, I'm sure, but because um, I remember when the when the Clone Wars first came out, and all of a sudden Anakin has a Padawan. A lot of people were like, "What? This this isn't right. This isn't the story." You know, they were pushing back a lot. Um, for me, it was like, "Wow, that's that's interesting." <laughs> uh, I wish I would have heard about that. You know, why wasn't she in the movies or whatever? But the 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 Clone Wars TV series explained all that. And at the time, my daughter was I think four or five years old, and naturally, I'm like, "Hey, check out the Star Wars cartoon." One of the main characters is a, a young Padawan Jedi who's female. And so there was a connection there that way. And I could see how important that was for her and how much she bought into Ahsoka and, you know, wanted to to watch her story. So I think it was a genius move by George Lucas and Dave Filoni and Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. It, it's a great character. Everyone loves her. I mean, I, I like her as a character, you know. Um, yeah. Just uh, you can only drag it out so long, too, you know. Yeah. Eventually, it's going to have to be answered. Yeah. And so, anyway, back to the celebration panel with Dave Filoni and the T-shirt. So they 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 then turned off the lights and showed a a preview for the upcoming Rebels season. This season that actually starts this weekend, I believe. Um, but they showed the preview for that, and when the lights came back on, his T-shirt. Instead of having a question mark under Ahsoka lives, it had an exclamation point. So, and he never said, "Yeah, Ahsoka lives," but his T-shirt that he, you know, wore, he chose and manipulated to, to get everybody talking, was definitive that Ahsoka does live. So he didn't say how, he didn't say anything more about it, but everybody cheered and was like, "Tell us about the T-shirt. What does it mean?" And he, you know, was just like, "Well, you have to wait and see." <laughs> so. I think they are. They do have some plans, but whether or not Soka is alive, or is she, you know, physically, or is she just alive in some way, like a Force ghost, or you know, whatever the case may be, they didn't elaborate on that. But and that's fine. I mean, he wants some mystery and you want to build some excitement. So, so anyway, that's uh, Ahsoka, and uh that's one of the things we did at, at Salt Lake Comic Con. Uh the panels that I went to, I did a video record or audio record and you can find all the videos on YouTube on our uh YouTube channel Random Angst. The audio recording I elected to put on our Patreon account to make that an exclusive audio for members who are interested in that sort of thing. Uh, I want to keep this show free on iTunes and SoundCloud, but any any exclusive content, you will have to go to patreon.com and and get it there. We've talked about our Patreon account in previous episodes. Basically, you're paying a dollar a month, which is, you know, you're buying me and Marcus soda to share, a 44-ounce soda to share to listen to the exclusive content that we have. So really, a dollar a month, that's nothing, that's pocket change. And just, you know, check out our exclusive content. Join the conversation there on Patreon. Um, so, yeah, I went to the panels and recorded some audio or video. Some good ones. Most of them were Star Wars related. There was a couple. There was one that was author related with Brandon Sanderson. 
Jim Butcher, Tad Williams, uh, David Farland, all big-time fantasy writers. Uh, they've been writing books for years now. That was very interesting. I enjoyed that one. And I, there was a, a Harry Dresden panel where they showed a fan film that was about 50 minutes long. And I believe I posted that. That's on Patreon.com as well. I just recorded the first 15, maybe 20 minutes of the panel of just uh, one of the big fans of of the Dresden Files and someone who participates in the managing the website and the forums is Priscilla. And she was there and just a lot of back and forth with her and the audience members, you know, questions and comments about the series, about the Harry Dresden series. So that's mostly what that is. And then once the movie started, um, I stopped recording because you can find the fan film on YouTube and watch it there. So that's about it from Salt Lake Comic Con. I think my grade of of the convention be a little higher because I spent you know all three days there, and I think I got more out of it. But it it would be a B, B minus. So. All right, so moving on with movies, we both uh, saw and watched King Arthur, The Legend of the Sword, I believe is what the subtitle is, Mm -hmm. but it's a recent movie that came out over the summer, and it's a new take on the King Arthur uh, mythology that everyone knows so well with, you know, King Arthur, Excalibur, Merlin the Wizard you know that whole scenario that whole story and i wasn't really up to date on exactly you know the how it was filmed and cuz it is a different it's not your typical fantasy movie it's kind of modernized i would say as far as like the music and yeah. mm-hmm. that sort of thing See it. Let's see when it came out here. It came out in May. May yeah, May eighth. Yeah, two thousand seventeen. So it's fairly new. It stars Charlie Hunnam. Hunnam. I think he's a good actor. <laughs> You're gonna offend some people there. So he's he's the guy that plays in Sons uh, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. He's the he's Jax. And he you know ladies love him. So you know if you're a fan, I mean you'll know who he is. Yeah, and, stuck. Uh, I liked him. Yeah, you know, he did good. Jude Law's in it. Right. I I like Jude, Jude Law. I've liked him for a long time, and I thought he did uh, played a great villain, I thought, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, Eric Bana is in it. Yep. If you know who he is, he plays um, probably the one movie I can think of is, uh, uh, oh, dang, what's that dumb movie where he, like, vanishes, you know, and comes back, The Time Traveler's Wife? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he plays in there. He plays Uther Pendragon. Anyone who knows anything about King Arthur knows that is King Arthur's father. So, oh, yeah. um, and then I think those were the biggest. I know da- David Beckham played in it. Yeah, I didn't even notice it. We were watching it, and then his part came on. My wife's like, "Isn't that David Beckham?" <laughs> I was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> but he did good for his his small part, right? Yep, yep. Uh, no, he did good. Uh, I, I never know how to pronounce this guy's name. Um, 
Jimon Hounsou or something. Yeah, you know, know. He, pl- he plays in Blood Diamond. Yeah, he's in well. a lot of movies. Yeah, he's in a, a lot of good movies. He's in it. Uh, Aiden Gillen's in it. He plays Littlefinger from <laughs> Game of Thrones. Yeah. He's in it. Um, they had a, pr- a couple pretty good stars. Those are probably your, your biggest ones. Yeah. Um, that, that I can think of, but... Yeah, a lot of a lot of good stars, like you said, different take. You know, def, definitely something different. Um, for me, I, you know, I, I liked it, but I felt like it was lacking because the whole time they kept talking about Merlin this, Merlin that, Merlin this, and you know, everyone knows Merlin's just a big part of the story. I mean, yeah. he's pretty center to the story for any any King Arthur lore that you you can ever read. Merlin's there. And in this movie, Merlin was not there, ever. You never see him. You can go the whole movie, nothing. I, I even watched the end credits just to see if he'd be there, and he wasn't there. And and it was kind of disappointing to me. Yeah. Um, that was for me. That was di- like one of the main disappointments for me because he's just such a big character. Yeah, that was a mistake. Just, yeah, and this, and so that's why. I mean, I told Justin afterwards. I watched. I'm like, you know, is there going to be a second one? You know, and I would enjoy a second one because probably one of the best things I liked was the power of the sword. Like, it's not just a sword that, like, you know, he draws from a stone and now he rules because apparently he's strong and can take a sword from a stone. You know, like. This sword actually has legitimate power, and it's pretty cool to watch Uther Pendragon, you know, wield it. And then, you know, Arthur gets it, and he uses it a couple times. It's just really neat. Yeah. And and I liked it. That really got me into it. But at the same time, I wanted to see more. So same thing. Is there going to be a second one? I have no idea. I don't think so because it did so horrible. <laughs> yeah. But I, it might be one of those movies where it ends up getting, like, those cult followings that make it great later and then yeah. they do make the second one it's a guy Ritchie film so i mean he has his, his fans and i think he's a good director i thought it was it was a different take but it was well done and i enjoyed watching it that first opening sequence where um the bad guy what's his name let's see is that the, the uncle the bad mage oh i don't remember his name um is like some weird oh mordred yeah Yeah, which is weird because that's a big (laughs) that was a big name in the lore too yeah and he uh um yeah that 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 was actually pretty neat i did like that yeah so when mordred is closing in on the castle and uther takes him one-on-one basically and destroys that scene was pretty amazing that hooked me into the the whole movie at that point so a lot of good great action scenes um, yeah, definitely Merlin's missing. Uh, they replaced him basically with a, a younger female mage whose name is the mage in, in the credits. So <laughs> yeah, the mage. And she kept saying, Oh, I was sent by, sent by Merlin. Yeah. yeah. But well, I, the way they left it though, at the end, um, he overcomes everybody and becomes the rightful king. And the way they left it, they were building the round table. And everybody's like, what's that? And you know, it's a table. So I think they could do a second one from, you know, what happens next with his knights. Because all of his knights weren't there. 
and they were still building the round table so they could do a sequel where you know he's filling up the table getting his knights together and there there's another evil threat that he needs to confront and you know so they could do more more stories with that i hope they do yeah i mean like i mean like you said um may give me just a second i mean like you said they uh he he has a um he bit you know built the table or whatever right at the end and he has some of the knights with him i think tristan tristan was there yeah and like one or two more than than known ones but that was it i mean you don't see any of the big names right you know like the main you know main like no lancelot no you know things like that so it makes you wonder what's uh you know if they really do plan to do a second one i think i think they are laid the groundwork for it intentionally i think they intentionally left out lancelot maybe even merlin maybe merlin shows up in the second one and then he gets more involved there i don't know but yeah there's definitely some intentional stuff that they did to for this movie yeah so i i would give it a i give it higher than you a b plus for me yeah i i i gave it a low grade just because i was left wanting um so much more Mm -hmm. uh but i but i liked it you know like i I like the story it was a new take you know something different and it got me you know like is there going to be a number two because the number two could be great because there were so many unanswered questions that you could do a lot of cool things and um really open the door i think but it just did didn't do very well in the box office at all i mean is and it wasn't released at a good time, you know, like had a lot of competition, I think, yeah. at the time or something. I don't remember what it was. So it just wasn't real, you know, really. Well, it had um, Guardians know. of the Galaxy 2, Pirates 5, Wonder Woman. You know, yeah. all those movies came out right about the same time. So, I mean, you're talking, I mean, it's a $175 million budget is what they're saying. Made $154 million domestically. Mm-hmm. That's not like, I mean, you're still... Yeah, I mean, you lost money, but it's not like um, it just got destroyed either. Because it made money internationally. Okay. What was the international right? numbers? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I could look it up real quick, but I don't know. I mean, let's look. Yeah. A lot box. of movies seem to be making up their, you know, the the difference internationally. So I wonder how long that trend is going to continue. How long are we going to see that play out? Well, I mean, you got to realize too. I mean, um, internationals way more than you know. Deme- I mean, domestic. Oh yeah. I mean, look at look at Star Wars and Star Trek. Like sixty seventy percent of their take is from international. Yeah. And so, um, oh. <laughs> So, 150 million, only 40 million of it was domestic. Oh. <laughs> so, 73% of it was international. International. Yep. And it was competing, like you said, the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, was would beat it up a bit. Alien Covenant came out right about then. That struggled too, though. 
Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, I mean, it had competition. Yeah. And it was something like a story that hadn't been told. Not a lot of people excited about that. That's like a – I think King Arthur's almost like a – I don't know, an old, like an older man's fairy tale type thing, you know? Yeah. Like that was stuff we reread about and listened to when we were kids. They had a lot of movies about it, you know? They had cartoons about it. And it's just not something that you see much anymore, yeah. right? I, I think the last one that you really saw – was maybe you know 10 15 years ago and even that didn't do that great yeah so but they could do a lot so i don't know if they'll do an, another one uh a lot of people though the google people liked it it says 89 percent positive reviews rotten tomatoes 23 <laughs> percent so i mean i gave it a i'll give it a solid c plus just yeah. because of what it was lacking but i think they could really if they do more i think they could really turn it into like a b plus a minus type type film yeah yeah they should have saved it for august or september i mean because september there was hardly there was it and that was the big one right but what else came out in september (laughs) not Uh, much yeah like uh nothing i mean there was august there wasn't much going on in august so they should have saved it yeah i mean uh i mean september i think close encounters were the third kind (laughs) <laughs> like the 15th remake, uh, the Lego Ninja mo- Ninjago movie. Yeah. I mean, that's your se- September. Awesome. Uh, August, in August, um, the Hitman's Bodyguard, Annabelle. Oh, the Dark Tower, I guess. I mean, but I mean, none of those were like so amazing. They couldn't have handled, you know, a King Arthur. Yeah. Yeah, they should have waited. Mm-hmm. Maybe we would have got a little more traction. Because May, too, that, that's like the start of your big movie season. Like yeah. that, that's a prequel to your big movie season. Yeah. So, that's, you know, I wonder if they tried to do that to try to jumpstart it, and it just backfired. Yeah, that could be it. Yep. All right. Well, I think it's, it's still worth seeing. Like, you know, we saw it in our at home on digital download. Uh, I think that's a good good way to see it you're you're only in into it for like 15 bucks and your whole family gets to watch it so definitely check it out let us know what you think um but definitely we're seeing next up is star wars the last jedi trailer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> man it looked amazing yeah. right i mean you can't you cannot say enough. I mean, and one thing I like Star Wars movies anyway, but one thing you can never say is they don't have a good trailer. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> like their trailers are always great. And uh they leave you with a million questions and so then you're gonna go see the movie a million times. Yeah. Bravo. Bravo. Yeah. That's one thing I did like about this is you you see a lot of stuff, but there really isn't any like expound you're not expounding the story you're not spoiling the story like i don't know what the story's about but there's a lot of cool stuff in that trailer mm-hmm. so i appreciate that because i hate seeing trailers where they just lay out the whole movie basically in two minutes you're like oh i guess i don't need to see the movie anymore any transformers movie <laughs> exactly <laughs> so um my initial thoughts on the last jedi trailer uh, apart from the exciting visuals with the the starfighters with kylo ren's 
starfighter as he's flying through the the rebel fleet just destroying everything um you know those type of scenes uh i really enjoyed the the scenes with ray and luke how they're you know she's like training with him he also allegedly or you would think that he's teaching her the ways of the force on some level um, so I really appreciated those scenes because that's that's pretty curious. You know, you're we're wondering what's where's Luke been for the past thirty years? Why is he on this planet of Octu, and why is he by himself? You know, he's gone back to the roots of the Jedi, the first Jedi Temple. What's he been studying? There's some texts that we see in some of the other trailers. You know, what are, what is he learning? And now Ray's there and he's teaching her. What is he teaching her? And then at the end of the trailer, it alludes to the fact that um, she's not getting what she wants from Luke Skywalker, so she turns to Kylo Ren for instruction. And that's what the trailer implies. I ha- I'm not sold on that yet. That seems like a, a, quite a, a huge leap for her to go to Kylo Ren after she saw him you know, kill Han Solo in the previous movie, The Force Awakens. So I don't see her doing that. There has to be something very big to happen for her to do that. But they are hinting at that. So maybe that does happen. So I think those are the biggest takeaways for me. Uh, I do like the Finn and Phasma duel. I I wanted to see more of Phasma in the first one. And here she is in front and center with one of the main characters. They had kind of had a, a thing, a back and forth in the previous movie on when they were going to put her in the... The trash compactor after she lowered the shields that was pretty humorous so i'm glad to see that she's back and they're having a major confrontation so looking forward to that as well what what did, did you like about that and what were your thoughts about that trailer mark you know I, at first i i really got an empire strikes back vibe right right you got the new hope in the first one here here comes Rick, you know uh was it Rhea or whatever um ray, ray <laughs> my bad i'm i like star trek okay you even watch showers i know i i watch good movies no just <laughs> kidding just kidding uh so ray you know like she's the new hope great a lot of people talked about that and so when i see this trailer it really emulates what i saw in empire strikes back and it was good because that freaking trailer looked amazing and it was bad because i've seen the story before Right. And I don't want that story again. And I know Star Wars announced last time, look, we are not doing this to emulate the first three. You know, they're not we're not doing it to make it, you know, look like it and copy it. So I'm thinking they made it look like that on purpose. Right. They're like, look, people don't want to see this. So we're going to show this just to, you know, give them a big take that, you know, suckers kind of thing. (laughs) And uh, I like that idea. Yeah, and, you know, kind of like what you said, does Rhea really go to Kylo Ren? Probably not, but they're sure going to make it look like it, you know, and yeah. and that's what I like about these type of trailers because they you just don't know. You can't even guess. You can't even guess what's going on. Uh, well, I, sure, you can guess, but you're not going to guess right. And, um, I mean, there's a lot of things. Like you said, I saw that uh, Phasma duel, and I was like, oh, she's back. Yes, you know, this is like a great new character that you could do so much with. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think she dies in this one. I think she's making the third one for sure. Yeah, I hope so. Um, but she's more intriguing uh, to me than Kylo Ren at this point. Yeah. I mean, Kylo but, Ren isn't, I don't see him as a powerful 
Jedi, Sith, Force user, whatever you want to say. He's just uh, an emo brat, basically. With a lightsaber. Yeah, with like untapped power. Like he just doesn't know how to hold it in, right? Yeah. And he doesn't know how to control it either, so it's just kind of random. Yeah. So yeah, no, I I understand that, and um, uh, one one thing, a couple things I did like is that you could see in the trailer that he has honed some of his skills, right? He, right. He's uh, done some training, and so it makes you wonder how how much time's passed. You know, I mean, I hope not just a couple days because that's stupid. But you know, how much time has passed now, and uh, you know, how much training are each of them gonna get? And what's going to happen and, and how strong is everyone? What I didn't like, the one thing that kind of threw me off and I was thinking about this right as you were playing this last, you know, on this episode is that that's cool. You know, Kylo Ren, he's a great starfighter because that's kind of like the theme, you know, like the Jedis and stuff. But what I didn't like about it is that was more of a Skywalker theme. They are really good starfighters. Well, he's a Skywalker. He is? Well, he's Leia. Yeah, but he's not a direct line. You know, it's not. No, No, he's not. He doesn't come up. Kylo Ren. But yeah, okay, you're right. I mean, I I guess it can buy in a little bit. But, you know, you think of it more like Darth Vader, Luke, and then any of Luke's prodigy would be would be like that. But okay, I guess he can. But he doesn't have any kids, at least at this point in the show. What about Ray? Oh dang! Is that true or is that fake? Nobody knows. Nobody but knows. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it's. I am excited for the movie. It has so many possibilities, and even if it fails on something, it succeeds at a million other things. Yeah. Right? You're not going to get let down in any shape or form in this. There's too many variables to it. Uh, one of the things we asked: What happens to Leia? Watching that, I think we now know what's going to happen to Leia. I don't know. I think that's a misdirect, too. I I, I don't see I think that's a simple ending and a it good is. way. I mean, I don't want to say simple because killing your mom in space is not simple. Right. I've never done it myself, but I'm sure it's a difficult thing. But, um, you know, I, I'm just saying that it's uh, I don't I, think I, it that's a, a good answer, you know, to it because you, you what are you going to do, you know, in the third one? Just have her talk, you know, talk about her dying. Yeah. You know, like, oh, we heard Leia died. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, um, I, I'm still convinced maybe that they won't show her death on TV, but they'll they'll do some some type of thing like they did in uh, in Star Trek, you know, when, when Leonard Nimoy died. They'll do some type of, uh, you know, hat tip, yeah. something really uh, – good and then they'll have some big huge extravagant almost but really reverent um in movie funeral yeah is what yeah. i think and, and i think that's appropriate i mean uh, leia was uh, a great part of the film carrie fisher you've you've met her you've had her autographed i've seen her i mean you know she she really helped start this franchise from from the beginning and yeah. so something like that would be Super appropriate, and I don't think there'd be a single fan that would, uh, you know, berate that for what it was. Yeah, yeah, I think I like that idea. I think in this movie, Kylo does leave his base or whatever he plans on killing Leia, but then you see him hesitate, and I think that's what happens. He doesn't do it. He doesn't. He doesn't go through with it. 
because who can kill their mom, right? I mean, yeah, you can you can be mad at your dad. You can, in movies at least, you can kill your dad, but you can't kill your mom. I mean, that's just something you don't do, right? Unless your name's Sheev Palpatine, of course. <laughs> yeah, who knows what he, what he did? <laughs> but so I think he doesn't. He, I think he intends to, then he doesn't, and then like what you said, there's. In the next movie, there's a big funeral scene because something did happen. I don't think they show it on screen. Be too, I think it would be too traumatic. I mean, when they killed Han Solo, it was pretty traumatic. But yeah, we all know he's still alive. You know, we can go see him in the next movie in Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> but He made it, people. <laughs> yeah. But to kill Princess Leia when the actor's really dead... I think that'd be way too traumatic, and I think that's a bad move. Yeah. I mean... To at least show her death anyway is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, kind of like um, with... Uh, who was it that played her mom, right? Um, Debbie Reynolds? Oh, played her mom, Padme. Yeah, Padme, yeah. It's kind of like when she died, you know, it was a little violent, but then they kind of had to slow it down, you know? Yeah. Um, and she wasn't near as big as Leia. Yeah. Nothing close, and um, so you have to. They, they, they're gonna. Have, they're, they'll do something. You know, they'll do something, and it'll be a big tip, and it'll be an emotional scene. And and, and like I said, I think that's deserving of of Carrie Fisher. Yeah. And um. <clears throat> so I mean, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Um. But yeah, a lot of great action sequences, a lot of possibility. I mean, th- that was probably one of the greatest, you know, uh, trailers I've seen. Ever, yeah. It, uh, I mean, it was amazing. And there's so many questions, you know. Like you said, like, um, what's going to happen? You know, one time it shows Ray looking like she's getting tortured. What's going on? What the, what the heck? You know, and yeah. uh, just, I'm excited. Yeah. So that's a good trailer. I mean, before the trailer, we're all asking who's Snoke, who's Ray's parents, and now that we're not even talking about that anymore, we're talking about. Is Ray going to join Kylo? Does Luke survive episode eight? You know, what's going to happen with Princess Leia? All that type of stuff. So a whole new set of questions just opened up and everybody's talking about that. And right after they showed the trailer, or for some of us before the trailer, on that same day, we were able to buy tickets. So me and Mark have our tickets. We're going Thursday at, was it 3.30? Yep, 3.30 we're going to the double feature. Yep. Uh, gonna see uh, Star Wars Episode Seven, yep, and then Star Wars Episode Eight. Right after that, back to back. Um, we are excited. Uh, we uh, got it right as the tickets came out, and we were able to get seats, and we were fortunate enough to get good seats actually. Sweet. So um, we're excited. From what I hear now, though, all those seat, all those tickets are sold out. Um, in fact, if you want to see the movie within the next week, buy now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that movie, it's, I mean, just like number seven, it seemed like it was sold out for like two weeks later. People yeah. were like still packing the, you know, things. And, yep. um, I mean, we'll probably, I know you have a set of tickets to go on the weekend with your family and, yep. uh, I'm probably going to take my wife on Saturday as well. And I mean, it's. You know, get your tickets now. That's yeah. all I can say. Yeah, because uh, then when you're crying on Sunday when everyone – you see all the spoilers, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to feel bad. 
You've been warned. Because <laughs> there will be spoilers. I'll, oh. give, I'll give people like the weekend and then I'm like, guess what happened in episode eight? <laughs> yeah, we we are seeing it Thursday and Sunday night. We're talking about it. So exactly. get ready. I, if you're listening to this and, and you're going to listen to the next one and you haven't seen it, don't don't listen. <laughs> no, do listen and be sad. Okay. Do listen and be sad. We'll tell you all about how Chief Palpatine came back and is Snoke. Yeah. Snoke is Sheev. <laughs> Sheev is Snoke, however you want to say it. Anyway, so yeah, great trailer. Um, excited to see that. And you can check that out on our website. We have it posted on randommakes.com as well as the, the latest movie poster. So go check out our website and watch it. Next up, uh, we mentioned it, I think, a little bit earlier in the in the show. Uh, Jim Butcher's latest book series, the Cinder Spires series. There's only been one book uh, released so far, and it came out what last year, year and a half ago. It's called The Aeronauts Windless, Windlass, mm-hmm. W I N D L A S S. Aeronauts, and the aeronaut, they are the the ship captains, right? Or the ship crew. Or yeah, they're like a ship crew. So yeah. as opposed to, you know, like ships that sail in the sea and stuff, these are ships that sail in the sky. And, you know, they, they use different technology to do that. They have uh, these crystals, and they have different crystals used for different things. You know, some crystals are made to let you lift, some are to, to go bottom, you know, some power your shield, some help your guns fire, you know, just different things. And so it's pretty interesting how that all worked out, and I liked I liked how they made that work out. Um, and so, you know, the, the aeronauts, they're just like a – it's like saying they're the Navy or they're the Air Force, right? They're a specifically trained group of, uh, of people for doing this. And um, it, it's a real, real fun book. I mean uh, – Kind of starts out a little quick, you know, get, jumps right into it with a, you know, like a, an attack, you know, and this, that, and the other, and then moves on and then starts telling a broader story. Um, it, it was uh, it was a lot different than anything Jim Butcher's written. It really was. And uh, it seemed like the book left a lot more questions at the end than answers. And I, I like that, you know, because now it makes me look forward to the second one. Yeah. And but it still had a Jim Butcher feel. I don't. If you have read his books, you know, you kind of know how his books feel. You know, it's got conflict. It builds up. Then there's a solution, but there's always like something going else going on. And that's what happens here. Um, you know, so a couple main characters. Captain Grimm. He's a main captain. Um, in the book, he's a captain of a ship called the Predator. Uh, the Predator, it's not a big battleship. It's not, you know, this uh, amazing head of an armada. It's just a ship that's a little bit better than a merchant ship. But it's probably got the best captain. And so he he consistently through the books multiple times takes on bigger ships, fights them. Uh, great character. Um, a lot of uh, mystery surrounds where he came from. Uh, he kind of has one of those weird relationships that you've seen in other movies and stories where 
at one point he fell in love and married this lady and she ends up being a bad person who's a captain on another ship. Uh-huh. So it's like, I love you, but you're a freak. <laughs> yeah. And stay away from me. So, you know, that's kind of an interesting dynamic. I liked it actually. And, um, it, you know, so pretty good. Another main character, Gwendolyn, she is a, uh, um, a daughter of like the main family, uh, in, in her spire spire i guess the spires are like their own countries okay. right and so she's like uh the next in line you know the only child of, of this family and so she'll she'll run this family after her parents die and it's kind of tradition that the kids of the uh ruling families they go and they go to this like training school to become a spire guard which is like guarding the the king. And um, so she goes and does that. And so she gets involved in the storyline, meets Captain Grimm. Um, and you really get to see a lot of sides about her, you know, because not only is she this grown up pompous girl um, that, you know, came with every privilege in the world, but, you know, she understands her position means something. Yeah. You know, she, she's not just rich and, and ruling for the sake of I got I got born this way. But she really understands that, look, I was born in, into this, and with that become, comes a responsibility to the people who are below me. And so she's a little bit different than the rest of the ruling more class. more conscious. Yeah, yes. And, and that's great. Um, so that's really good. Um, another, another main character is Benedict. Benedict, he is a uh, – He's actually part of the Lancaster family, and that's Gwendolyn's family. Mm-hmm. But he's like an offshoot, like a cousin or second cousin or something like that. But he's still part of the family. Mm-hmm. And um, he is what's called like, – he's like a half-breed. And it doesn't say what the, his half-breed is. You kind of get the guess that it's like half-cat, which makes no sense. Yeah. And they never answered it. So you don't know what that means. But he's like a half-breed, so he's – but with that comes like – greater reflexes, a lot more strength, uh, you know, just kind of like a superhuman, right? And um, and he's pretty, uh, like, kind of a one-dimensional character. You know, big, strong, I'm going to beat you up kind of guy. Yeah. And, uh, and But it works in the story. Uh, it really works in the story because everyone, I mean, think about life, think about everything. There's always a one-dimensional character that just, you know, oh, crap, we need help. We need Benedict to come and beat everyone up. <laughs> and he does. He does. You know, it's what he does. And it's it's really, really a lot of fun. Um, probably the last main character I'm going to talk about. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of her name. <laughs> Is Bridget. Uh, she has a lot of sides to her. She's probably my favorite character in the book because she is so, you don't know what's going to happen, you know, and who she is. She comes from a fa- her family works for the Lancasters and they, they work in what's called a battery. That's what they call it. And they mine and shape the gems and the, and the things that power the ships, right? And um, long, many generations ago, it doesn't say how long or whatever, she had like her great, 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 great grandpa um, became one of the best admirals uh, for her spire and saved like the world, 
you know, save their their spire. And so for her, she kind of has like an honorary position. It's nothing that she's born into. Her family's not rich. It's nothing that they deserve. But because of who her grandfather is, she's somebody. Yeah. Like people know her name. So she gets allowed to join the Spire Guard simple because of who, you know, her ancestor was in hopes that she might be another, you know, great, uh, great person. And um, she's not. She seems pretty normal. You know, she doesn't have anything great about her. But she's always involved in great things. Like she saves a lot of people one time. Uh, another time she um, problem solves it and, and – uh, lets everybody know where to go. And so she does a lot of like things that are kind of small, but they're, they have a big impact on the book. So it kind of goes unnoticed until the end of the book. You're like, Oh, well she, she actually did a a whole lot. Yeah. Like they were able to, to accomplish these goals because of her. And it, it's really interesting because it just goes so unnoticed, even in the book. And, um, she she really is my favorite character. In the book, cats are – like people realize cats are really as intelligent as people. And um, they're to be feared because of their cunning. They're to be feared because of what they can do. And she can talk to cats. So she has a great relationship with a cat named Raoul. And Raoul's one of the main characters in the book. I won't really talk about him, but uh, it, it's a really good book. It has a lot of sides to it, a lot of dimensions. I enjoyed it. The last 200 pages it, were amazing. It picked up. It gave a great solution to the book. It gave a lot of you know questions to the book, and uh, you know I'm, I'm really looking forward to the second one. I mean, uh, uh, I. I don't know what else to say about it really without giving tons away, yeah. but definitely pick this up. Go read it. Uh, I mean, I think you said you had it on the audible. on that the Audible. I mean, if you're listening to this and you want to check it out and you're like, huh, hey, that sounds like a book I might like, you know, go download Audible and use that as your free book and see if you like it. Yeah. Uh, that would be something to do because I, I did enjoy it. I um, Was there any I, I, magic systems in this book or was it just the crystals? Yeah, it's just the crystals, and it really comes down to like um, cunning and stuff. Oh, well, that's not true. There is there is magic system. <laughs> There's uh, they have these uh, like almost shaman type characters um, that are they're called ethrealists, ethrealists, ethrealists. One of the two, ethrealomimuses. Anyways, <laughs> they uh, they can use the power of the crystals without actually having crystals, mm. right? I mean, and they can use them in different ways. They can channel them, but there's a price to pay. They kind of start going crazy, and they didn't really explain what happens like in, in layman's terms, but um, one of the characters that's in a thrillist named Folly, she kind of – she said – someone asked her about it one time, and she says, you know, the more you use it as an ethrealist – the more you give part of yourself up. So holes start like forming, like whatever it is. Um, so like for her, one of the after effects that, um, that she had is she could no longer talk directly to people. Huh. So she couldn't say, Justin, we need to go out of this room before it blows up and we all die. She would have to say, like she would talk to this jar she carried around and she would be like, Justin doesn't know that if we don't get out of here, we might die. Do you think he'll figure it out? 
right? And then Justin be like, wait, what? What? Do we got to leave? Am I going to die? Like, what the heck, you know? And But that's part of what she gave up to be what she is. And um, the longer you – the longer that they're this – they're as realists, the more of themselves they give up. Mm. And uh, Yeah. And they kind of explain – so the master as realist, his name's Ferris, and he carries around like these wagon full of just odd things. But apparently these odd things, whatever they do, they help fill the parts that he's lost. And at one point, someone takes him from him, and he, like, goes from this ultimate power being that no one dares touch. Like, no one wants to piss off or anything because he could just kill you just by, like, snapping his fingers um, to nothing. He's reduced to, like, a, you know, on the ground, shaking, you know, talking incoherently. Because they took what made him him away from him because yeah. you know, uh, he had to use other things to fill it. And it, it was really interesting. I really like that part of it. And uh, um, there's a lot to it. Um, uh, so like Ferris, one of the probably more physical things that he couldn't do is he lost <laughs> the ability to open doors. He could huh. not use doorknobs. Huh. And so he would get like stuck in a room and he'd be sitting there for like hours like, uh, can someone open this door? And here's like, it's just an after effect of, of what it is. And it, it doesn't really go into the science too much, like, um, of it all. And I'm sure, you know, they just kind of gave bits and pieces, but the magic system will, you know, it all bases off these crystals, but they can just utilize it to a greater effect. Right. And okay. so it, it's pretty cool. Definitely how, how it did it. I mean, definitely not like a Brandon Sanderson magic, where like you have all sorts of science behind it, and you can get out a ruler and measure it and everything in between, you know. But it, it's it's good enough that it makes sense. Yeah. Well, good. I started to read it a couple of years well when it first came out last year probably, but I rented it from the library digitally, and when the time came up, I was only a couple hundred pages in. So I wasn't able to finish it and I haven't got back to it. But I do have the Audible book, like like you mentioned. And I'll be finishing it that way. Sounds interesting. Yes. Yep. No, it's Any uh, word on book two? No. He, what he said is he's going to finish um, the next Harry Dresden book, whenever that is. Yeah. And then he'll go to the second one. Of this one, and I'm hoping it's something like the Codex Alera. When the Codex Alera and the Dresden Files were running like in the thick of things, mm-hmm. it was one every other year. So one year Codex Alera, next year Harry Dresden, next year Codex Alera two, yeah. next one, you know. And I'm hoping he gets back into that. Yeah, he needs um, to get back into that groove. Yeah, I mean he I he took a year off in there after Codex Alera finished because you know he was really. Um, kind of burnt out you know it was a lot of books back to back i think he came out with you know quite a few books at the time and um so he took a little bit break and his year break ended up coming like a year and a half and it kind of seems like after that he stopped doing books yearly and you know and now we've seen you know quite a timeline you know like a space between books and now he's getting involved with his um his graphic novel series he's getting involved in short stories with other 
authors. Uh, he's the like, games. yeah, he's you know getting involved in everything, and you know his main story suffering. But I mean, he's an author; he can do what he wants, you know. But as a fan, you know, I mean, let's get back on track. Let's see these books come out again. I, you know, I want to read these books, and I don't want you to die of some weird disease and have another author finish it for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that would be a, uh, I don't know if it would be hard, but it would be challenging for sure if, as mm. an author to be able to consistently oh, yeah. write month after month. But I mean, that's what they signed on for, and they're they're good at it. So got to finish it out. Yep. I mean, I'd have to, yeah. I mean, I have to say overall, I mean, he's done really well as far as keep pumping out books. It's just the last couple of years where it's noticeably slowed down. But that's why I say I hope hoping with this book, this new series, that he can get back on track pumping him out, even if it's eight, every 18 months. You know, that's still great. You know, you're pumping out. That's a lot to do. But, you know, let's get back on track. Yeah. Yeah. If you've read this book or you're interested in reading it, check out uh, his website, jimbutcher.com. And if you want to. He has forums on his website that you can sign on and participate in the conversation there. So, yeah, definitely give it a look. Check it out. So we want to thank you guys for joining us on this episode 9 of our Random Makes podcast. We appreciate you listening. Uh, We'll be back next week with more content. Uh, We will be talking more about some TV shows. The new seasons have started up again. With network TV and some cable TV, so we'll be looking at some of those shows, uh, Gotham, as well as um, some of the other CW shows for for DC, like Arrow, Flash, you know that sort of thing. And um, don't forget Supergirl because she's hot. <laughs> Supergirl, yeah. And then also, uh, I went and saw Blade Runner twenty forty nine yesterday and thought it was pretty good and it whenever mark goes to see it we'll we'll be talking about that i think that's kind of the only other big movie that's come out recently in the past week or so so we'll be addressing that at some point and then we'll just kind of be waiting around till thor 3 here in a, about three weeks and then justice league two weeks after that so that's kind of our timeline for theatrical releases of movies and what we want to talk about but we do appreciate you guys listening, and as always, you can join us on facebook.com slash to join in the conversation there. We're constantly posting um, news, updates from the various things that we talk about, books, movies, TV shows. It's all there. If you want to join us, join in on the conversation, that'd be great. You can also check out our website, randomangst.com. Check out the, the articles and videos that we post there. We post our podcasts there. So you can check them out there or on iTunes or on soundcloud.com slash randomangst. That's where this podcast is being hosted right now. So definitely check it out there. Uh, give it a like. Make some comments. Let us know how we're doing. You can also find us on twitter.com slash randomangst. We're also on Pinterest. Uh, I posted a couple pins you know, did that thing. I don't know how that's going to go, but some people like Pinterest, and hopefully we can get some interaction there. So go check it out. Also, I mentioned earlier in the show, we're on Patreon.com, so if you want to 
help contribute to our podcast a dollar a month or or more five dollars a month whatever option works for you we really appreciate that um that'll help us buy equipment help us upgrade our podcast to make it more enjoyable help us do videos you know all kinds of things so we'll go back into the podcast to make it better um so check us out there patreon.com also uh, visit our sponsor audible.com check out the latest um books that we've been talking about brandon sanderson's Oathbringer is coming out in november and i've already used a credit to buy that audiobook it's on pre-order basically and as soon as it comes out i'll be able to listen to it on my iphone on my way to work that day so definitely something worth checking out if that's something you're interested in is listening to podcasts on the way to work you can also listen to audiobooks so we appreciate you tuning in um any final thoughts mark on what we've talked about or anything else that we haven't talked about uh yeah you know um just kind of like what I always said, anything that you'd like us to talk about, anything you want us to cover, let us know. We, we want to hear from you. We want to know what you want to hear about, and we'll talk about it. Uh, hey, if you guys have any uh, – you know, if you went to Comic Con or if you went and saw something cool, uh, post a picture on our Facebook page. Uh, you know, let us know. Interact with us. Uh, um, other than that, you know, we'll just keep covering uh, the normal stuff and – uh, trying to keep you guys up to date. We'd like to thank you guys definitely for listening and uh, you know spending spending your time with us. Yeah, well said, Mark. We appreciate you guys listening to us on this episode of the Random Inks podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks. <laughs>